back. Welcome back to the Good News Cast. As always, you are here with me, Colin Coates, uh, a pastor here at Redeemer in Waco, and Jeff Houghton. Hey, Colin. Who's the OG of Redeemer, planted it 75 years ago. 75, man. Um, yeah. Planted it like 22 years ago, I think. Uh, anyways, great to have you back. Here's what we're talking about today in the next couple of weeks. We are talking about um, the invisible world. Um, the invisible world, the invisible realities uh, among us that are a part of our bigger world at large. And in particular, uh, we're going to talk about angels and demons. I think what we're going to do, and I like to say this on record to hold us accountable, we're going to wade into the waters of demons today. Uh, Probably next week, we may end up finishing up some demon stuff. Who knows? We'll see what we do today. But we'll get into angels and then maybe the third week, and, and really maybe pull it all together in the third week and just talk about the invisible realm in general and maybe some kind of where do we go from here and how do Christians, how should we be thinking through invisible realities? Um, so we just did what we call a theology after dark at our church, which is a night of teaching sometimes. Most of the time it's, uh, it's, it's somewhat of a debate format. We'll bring in someone with an opposing view to ours on a particular subject. Last night, uh, we didn't debate. We just basically taught uh, on demons and angels. So uh, we're going to talk about all things demons and angels. This really comes from there is a, a fascinating quote that will it'll get it'll make it on this podcast at some point from John Calvin, um, who is a, a mega theologian in church history. Love him or don't love him, uh, and he basically said whether or not we have a guardian angel. I'm not sure. This is my paraphrase, but what I am sure of is that we have angels, plural, taking care of us, watching over us, protecting us. Breathtaking. So um, that should hopefully whet the appetite. That's really where we, that that kind of brought about some of this stuff. We've got personal stories and theology and also that kind of came together to go, man, the church really isn't talking about this. I had a couple come up to me uh, last night saying, you know, really the church doesn't really talk about this. That's not entirely true. I mean, you can get on YouTube and find different sermon series from different churches that have addressed this. But I will say it is true in the sense that in general, um, I think I think that a lot of the invisible world Christians are not talking about and teaching on enough. I think at most, sometimes our charismatic brothers and sisters kind of uh, are the spearhead of... Uh, yeah, know, they own the market. Yeah, kind of own the market of like yeah. the invisible realities yeah. with the Holy Spirit, whatever. But But even the world of demons and angels, I think that there's a lot of kind of like basic knowledge that we have or in depth, but either way, just not really talking a ton about it. So this is fun for us because we have spent a good amount of time studying and whatnot. And so uh, let's get into demons. Here's kind of my two questions we'll, we'll start with, which is, and uh, then I'll throw it to you, which is uh, why, why talk about this? Yeah. Um, just in general, what comes to mind when you think, why is it helpful to talk about this uh, subject? And then number two, um, we'll actually get into and start answering the question of what are demons, yeah. where do they come from, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. So why, I think, uh, just even from your initial quote from John Calvin, so we were talking beforehand, and, and even before we've kind of uh, studied this topic and dived into this topic, uh, it's almost like the unseen world is treated like a, uh, a myth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's treated like a fairy tale, uh, and it can kind of turn into a Hallmark card, or it turns into a horror movie. You know, those are your two options. Horror movie, Saw, or Hallmark card with yeah. an angel uh, and a harp and really has nothing helpful. Um, it, to me, it seems like this unseen world is inherently um, curious, Uh, And we already care about it uh, just because so much is done in entertainment Mm -hmm. and literature about it. Uh, And then I think, I mean, if we just even do good theology, we know that when God created, he created the visible earth and the invisible heavens. So already that makes it really, really important Mm -hmm. that there is another part of creation uh, that we've uh, relegated uh, probably more in the modern Enlightenment age, uh, to an over over reliance on on reason and technology and science, and uh, have really left this other world out. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately, it's important because it's part of creation. God created it, uh, and it's connected. Uh, to the visible creation. So whether we actually are aware or not, uh, there's stuff going on between the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's dynamic stuff going on, movement going on, action going on. Uh, things are happening. Things are on the move back and forth between yeah. these two realms, whether we see it or not. Um, so, that, I mean, theologically, that's what I think of. And then I think more personally, I think... Uh, there's tremendous comfort and possibly tremendous sanity uh, that can be helpful by just understanding the two worlds Mm -hmm. and understanding the dynamics or at least what God wants to communicate in the Bible. Like, for instance, we were just talking off-cuff about uh, issues of mental illness and issues of um, our own uh, personal Uh, well-being. I've wondered uh, how much of that circles this topic, yeah. how much yeah. can be helpful to yeah. us because of this topic. Um, yeah. I mean, what if we're just saying, because we're, we're talking about demons, right? Like, what if there is a sense in which that world uh, verbalizes and does say things and speak things into this world, maybe on a personal level, uh, and you either uh, freak out, mm-hmm. which you probably should when people say they hear things, right? You either freak out, um, and think you've gone insane. And now you're in this world of trying to figure out whether you're insane or something's wrong with you. And you try to control the uncontrollable, or it could be like, Oh yeah, of course that happens. Mm-hmm. There's another world. Mm-hmm. Right. So even in that thing, I, as we're riffing here, there's a lot of sanity that could happen and a lot of comfort. The, yeah, that, that's a good connection to the ground. And, and there's so many of those. Um, you know, when you think about our culture, you know, what's been dominant in years, you know, probably uh, for the past few decades or whatever, I know zero uh, history of medicine and things like that. But you look at pills, you know, I've got uh, some mental issues going on. Great, take these pills and you're good. Yeah. Now we've kind of shifted more to like therapy. Uh, hey, if you just go to therapy, like you'll be fine, you know. And maybe it is, um, I'm not discounting either of those as Correct. helpful, um, but but there's a big piece that we seem, that, that in a particular 
person's life we could be missing, Yeah, which is how is the invisible world among us? Um, what is their part that they're playing, Yeah, right? I mean, even as you're talking, I'll throw this back to you to start getting into what are demons. Sure. Even as you're talking, I'm thinking of the wind, you know? Mm. Um, <clears throat> the wind is such an easy, you know, it's used in like youth groups a lot and whatever, but it's so right. helpful to just go, this is, it's not weird to talk about something invisible affecting the visible. Yeah. Um, right now as we record this, a lot of people in Florida are dealing with wind right now, yeah. you know, as this hurricane makes landfall, uh, whatever name it is. But if you think about it in the sanity piece, if I was looking at a tree and it and it just started started violently shaking in the most chaotic way, um, if I didn't know about wind and the invisible affecting the, I would freak out. Yeah, I would be like, really good. "What yeah. is this terrifying thing that has been in my backyard, dead still all day, moving? That just started moving, yeah. and is it going to attack me? Like?" What is going on? But I don't. I have sanity in that moment because I know, oh, yeah, there's this invisible reality uh, that is shaking the tar out of this tree. Yeah. I know what's going on, you know. Um, so I, as you were talking, I was going, man, that, yeah, that sanity piece of trying to put, there, there's a missing puzzle piece in how we think through reality, mm-hmm. you know, and the Nicene Creed. Um, in the 300s, they made a point to say God is the maker of the visible and invisible. So church history has been embracing this reality that I think we've lost for one reason or another. Um, that's so, it, it, it's so helpful to so recover. You, so you probably, just even if we do recover this invisible world, there's probably lots of benefits for us on the ground, personally, yeah. spiritually. Uh comfort as well as oh of course yeah instead of freaking out it's like of course Mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. trying to control the uncontrollable it's like of course that would happen Mm -hmm. instead of reading uh which is probably what the intent of the original primal evil origin is that you are something's desperately wrong with you um, and send you off in a way that's not healthy at all. It could just be, oh yeah, of course that would happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy, and you know I'm not insane. Mm-hmm. Of course that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the comfort side, when we look at the angel side, I think is, which we'll look at in the next couple of weeks, is phenomenally comforting. That God loves us that way, yep. and. Uh, I look forward to us unpacking that. So we're into demons today, though. So what are we going to look at now? What is a demon? Like, what is it? What are demons? So Paul, what are demons? Paul okay. in Ephesians says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, whatever he says, the cosmic forces of evil in this present darkness we're in. So that lands us on, okay, we're a part of it. Yeah. Uh, we're objects of their wrath as they seek to steal, kill, and destroy people, all yeah. people, and Christians as well. Yeah, so what are demons? Where do they come from? Yeah. Talk to us about uh, the uh, the views of the falls, yeah. these cosmic falls, that sort of thing. So demons, uh, like angels, are created beings uh, in the heavenly realm or in the invisible realm. So just as God populated the visible realm with creatures, and in particularly his image bearers, us, right? He also populated the heavenly realm with creatures, um, celestial beings, some have said, uh, spirit beings, um, beings without bodies, 
Uh, one of the catechism questions for the kids here is like, what is God? Who is God? He's a spirit and does not have a body like men. Uh, it's that celestialness. So these are uh, supernatural residents in another realm, supernatural beings in another realm. And so that realm is the invisible creation, the unseen world, uh, just like we're in the visible world and the visible creation. Um, so those beings, those supernatural beings that are loyal to God are called angels. Those supernatural beings that are disloyal to God uh, are called demons, theologically, historically. Um, and so when you move into that realm, disloyal, okay, so a demon, uh, disloyal, well, well, what happens when you're disloyal in the heavenly realm? Um, well, you're separated from God. So angels would be with God in heaven, right? Uh, disloyal angels would be separated or alienated from God in the invisible world, which would not be heaven. Uh, but what has been called biblically, historically, uh, in a lot of ancient civilizations, the underworld. Um, so now we're kind of moving into like, well, how did this happen? When did this happen? Uh, maybe how far we get today. If we were to look at the first rebellion, it's probably the most popular and it's probably the most known. And that's where you have the serpent, uh, who is called the Satan later on in scripture. Um, and, uh, there's different obvious views of when this cosmic rebellion happened in, in the Bible and how many of them. So I think that's important to say up front. So we're talking about cosmic rebellion. We're talking about disloyal angels. Uh, when did that happen? Uh, was there only one? Uh, were there several? Uh, do they continue to this day? Um, uh, there's uh, a traditional view that sees uh, th three cosmic rebellions, and then there's variations of that, and there are more modern views that uh, probably the most common today is there was some sense of rebellion that happened a long time ago. It's not documented in the Bible, and the angels fell, the stars fell from heaven, and now you have the, the demons or the demonic angels uh, uh, in the underworld, in the fallen spiritual world, the fallen world of the invisible realm, uh, messing with, dealing with, harassing, terrorizing the fallen visible world. That's pretty much the most common understanding. Uh, the traditional understanding, which comes from, uh, I think, the Old Testament, the New Testament. So like, how did... How did the New Testament writers see the world? That's what we mean by the New Testament. How did the Old Testament writers see the world? How did they see the world? How did the ancient civilizations see the world? And then a good part of the data that comes from a traditional view comes from the time period between Malachi and when Jesus shows up, those silent years of revelation <clears throat> were rich in Jewish theology, Jewish thought, Jewish theologians, Jewish thinking. Uh, that's where you get all the pseudepigrapha, apocrypha. That's where uh, the Septuagint came to be. Uh, after the exiles, be, or before Jesus' time, roughly about 400 years, was a time of flourishing Jewish theology. The world at that time also is part of the traditional world. And then what's interesting, when you go into the early church, they also saw the world this way. 
And when you get all the way up into the Reformation Church, so even the Reformation Church saw this way. So it's the modern church that sees things differently. It's us. It's us. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to it. So what are we saying? The traditional view is this. So um, the fall in the cosmic world and the fall in the terrestrial, visible world happened at the same time in Genesis 3. So basically, the, the Satan, the serpent... Um, was a very high-ranking, beautiful, uh, important, lots of uh, power because he seems to be guarding the trees. <laughs> he seems that like his work, his service is to the two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, no small um, responsibility or role in the kingdom of God, right? And we know again in the garden is where the invisible world and the visible world met. So the creatures would go back and forth between those. They would, they would meet and intersect and connect and maybe visit in the garden, right? Uh, that's where God's throne is. That's where his presence is. And that's why the theme of mountains, of the theme of the uh, Tower of Babel. Everybody's trying to connect the invisible and the visible. That, that starts right in the garden. And, and Adam, he, he, was, he was designated. I mean, he was an image bearer that was called to actually stretch the garden over all the earth. So God did the creation work and rested, and now his prized creature, the image bearer, was to obey him and work the garden into the world and basically bring in the final and full new heavens and new earth or glory or eternal life as we call it today in theology where the heaven the invisible world and the visible world unites into one larger reality called the consummation or glory so that was supposed to happen so it's fascinating that that uh adam and eve don't freak out when this Mm -hmm. supernatural being supernatural serpent uh, I think was loaded with a little more knowledge, knowing what he would be in the rest of the Bible story, uh, shows up because this is a normal thing. So the, this supernatural being and these two image bearers uh, fall. Um, they desire, both of them desire to be God. And, uh, and obviously the Satan plays the, the major instigator, but it's just sheer rebellion uh, sheer primal pride mm-hmm. to be God, to take God's place, to be your own God. And then uh, even in the temptation of taking and eating, that's what he actually says. God knows you eat of it, you'll be like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when that happened. So what happened then? Uh, I think it's incredibly important to know that before um, the eating, God had said to Adam and Eve, the day you eat of it, you will die. And that is a, a final and full death, comprehensive death, like the end of all things. So they eat, but they're still breathing. I mean, that's, that's when they should have known something different's happening in the world, something new, some new kind of magic is happening. We're still breathing, we're still breathing, right? Um, but it's fascinating that God judges both the evil one, Satan, and the two human creatures at the same time, 
right? So mm-hmm. we don't have to speculate about when some supernatural fall happened in the supernatural invisible realm. We're seeing it in Genesis 3, and at the same time, the fall of the world happens. So that's, that's what's taking place. Um, so what happened? Did, creation did not go to final condemnation and death. Instead, it went sideways to corruption. And Paul even tells us, he, he tells us what that meant, that God actually, in view of his grace and in view of him actually sending another Adam, uh, a seed of the woman, in, in view of that, something else is now at work in the world. And so creation, instead of going to final and full condemnation, goes sideways into corruption. And notice when you look, it got cursed. It didn't get fully condemned, it got cursed. Uh, which is a backhanded grace. It's grace that we're still existing. Everything should have ended. So what happens then is that notice the judgment to the the serpent. You are you are. I'm sending you to the earth, and then that word is literally used throughout the ancient world. Is not. It can be used for the earth, and it can be used for under the earth. Mm. So it's a it's a double. It's an entendre. It's a double entendre. Right. There's double meaning packed into that word. So the serpent was sent to the earth out of you know the glories of being with Mm -hmm. god to the earth to a corrupt earth but even now the fallen invisible world that's connected to the fallen visible world which is called the underworld so there you have it we have you have to ask this question here yeah which is which i've never asked explicitly but yeah where did the serpent go right where did this creature that deceived adam and eve Where'd he go? Yeah, so, so that, that's what you're answering. That's it. So he went to the fallen, invisible world, which is called the underworld. And now, and, he, and here's words that you might have heard: hell, Sheol, the abyss, the great chaotic deep. Uh, it's where the Leviathan and the monsters live. Um, the realm of the dead. The realm of the dead. The land of the dead. Uh, cosmic darkness. Uh, the wilderness. Right, all these images that are just loaded in those four sources, that those four worlds that were given in any of the world, the world of the Old Testament, the world of the New Testament, uh, the ancient civilizations, they all saw the world this way. This is not a new way of seeing the world. This is the way everybody, it was the, it was the consensus. It's us. It's the modern world that doesn't see the world this way. Mm-hmm. Right. So... That's what happened. So Satan, as far as we know, is the only one that fell at that time. And that leaves, uh, in the traditional view, there are two other falls, two other cosmic falls later on that we can either unpack now or still unpack this one. How do you want to go? We're 22 minutes in. Let's wrap this. Good. Let's wrap this. um, And then let's do uh, next week. Um, and maybe we can even drop two episodes next week if we want to, but let's do, let's do the views of the other two falls. And again, just for our listeners sake, what we're answering again is what are demons. And I think the best way to approach that is to really go, well, we got to start in the beginning. Um, it's not that God created these evil heavenly spirits. No, he created these servants of his called angels and some have, gone a different way yeah. and rebelled and um, chosen not to trust God, worship God, and they have chosen to um, 
while in many regards put us in their crosshairs yeah. uh, to go after what is the prized creation in Genesis? It's people, it's image bearers um, over and above all of creation. So um, they've put us in, in the crosshairs. And um, so I think this is helpful to start looking at the beginning. We'll look at, let's next week, let's do um, the other two views of the cosmic treason falls. And then, um, and then that'll start pushing us into uh, angels and um, w- which which is fascinating and, and encouraging and comforting yeah. and a good way to follow all this up so until next week peace